Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them but about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. This is episode 11, Toxic Bosses. In the previous episode, I talked about how to deal with your toxic coworkers using emails. Now, some of those emails can also be used for bosses, but I would use caution because dealing with a toxic boss is in some ways the same, but in other ways different from dealing with a coworker or a toxic coworker. And that's because, well, bosses can fire you. And when it comes to dealing with a toxic boss, sometimes you might have to take a different approach with dealing with them. And if you're like me and you hate office politics, unfortunately, sometimes that's the way to go. I was having a conversation with a coworker about how much we hated office politics. But when it comes to a boss, here are two questions you need to ask yourself. Number one, what's important to you? because not all battles are worth winning. Sometimes you just have to let that go. Number two, is it worth it to seek a mediator, finding another job, or biding your time? If you're dealing with a boss that is emotionally abusive or is harassing you, then you need to go to a professional or you might even need to seek legal help. As I've stated in the previous podcast, Those type of topics, I would never take on by myself. If I talk about those topics, which are extreme forms of toxicity, then I would bring a guest on, someone who's actually an expert in that subject. So first of all, your best defense against a toxic boss is having options. What do I mean by that? Whether it's having another job lined up, or you have kind of a side gig, or you develop a skill set such that if the boss decides that he or she wants to fire you, then it's really going to hurt because you're taking with you a unique skill set. It reminds me of a coworker I have. He's pretty much niched himself out of position. And I think that's a good word for it, a niche. If he were to get fired today, there is no one that I know of on the job that could take his place. He's done such a good job of carving out a niche just for himself. So if he leaves, it's going to hurt. Now, when it comes down to getting a side gig or getting another job, I encourage my students to develop a skill set. So it's something that I plan on talking about in a future podcast about developing skill sets and creating a side gig for yourself. So that gives you options. It's amazing what doesn't bother you when you have options and you're thinking, well, you know, I don't have to put up with this. I can go here. I can do this thing. I can do that thing. And so right there, that toxicity kind of just releases its grip on you. So let's talk about some toxic bosses. Now, some of these aren't really toxic in and of themselves. So let's start with the spineless wonder. (laughs) The name says it all. In some ways, this is the worst one of the bunch. But ironically, it's actually the one that I empathize with the most to an extent. When it comes to the spineless wonder, these are bosses that know that there's some things going on with their coworkers. They know that there are some toxic coworkers, but for whatever reason, they don't intervene. They don't fire that person. They don't do anything. They just, they just let the toxicity fester. So they themselves aren't the toxic person, 
they allow the toxicity to fester. Now, there are a couple of reasons why they do this. There are some that generally don't know how demoralizing the situation is. To them, it's just a bunch of adults who don't get along. I had a supervisor who told me that once. I was having an issue with a coworker, and he said, well, you kids just need to get over that. Yeah, it was just a personality clash, which it was kind of disheartening for him to dismiss it like that. But I have to wonder, was he really that oblivious or was he just insulting me? I just, <laughs> I can never tell with him. But when a lawsuit from one of my coworkers came out, we knew right away that this wasn't just a personality clash. This was actually a uh, situation. Now the lawsuit wasn't against me. So it was against the person that I was having issues with. So another reason why they're like this is that they're more concerned about being liked than taking sides. So have you ever been in a situation where there were two people who were at odds with each other, but you were friends with both of them. You liked both of them. They liked you, but they didn't like each other. <laughs> you were caught between a rock and a hard place. What do you do? Do you take sides? Do you give advice to both of them? Do you stay out of it? So yeah, in some situations, the boss might find him or herself in that situation. However, because they're the boss, that's really no excuse. I do make a distinction between an excuse and a reason. A reason just describes why a situation is the way it is. An excuse is a justification for that situation. So that may be a reason, but that is no excuse. So there are those that are aware of the toxicity, but they don't really know how to deal with it. Their, <laughs> their skill set is to either write a research grant or do something that has nothing to do with dealing with toxic people. And it's kind of outside their pay grade. Now, this is why I say I kind of empathize with these people. I'm going to assume that the reason why you're listening to this podcast is you're trying to fill a gap of knowledge. Well, guess what? Some bosses find themselves in that same position. They just don't know how to deal with the situation. But again, that may be a reason, but that's no excuse. If bosses are in that situation, there is a responsibility to deal with a bad situation. And if they don't know, then find someone who does. The last one I'm going to talk about under the spineless wonder category. This is the one that I hate the most. I mean, out of all the things on this list, these are the ones who know what's going on, but they don't care and they see what's going on. They have no desire to change things. And why do I say this is worse? Because what can you do against someone who doesn't care? If there's someone who doesn't know, all you have to do is just fill them in. If there's someone who's more concerned about being liked, that's an issue that can be mitigated. And then those who don't know, again, is filling them in. But if you don't care, then what? I knew a pastor who would counsel couples. He said, when they're fighting against each other, I can work with that. But if one of them says, oh, I don't care what happens. I don't care what she does. I don't care what he does. If a person comes in with that lackadaisical attitude, he said, it is impossible. It's over at that point. And he says, out of the 20 some odd years I've been doing this, I've never had a situation where you had a person in that frame of mind and we were able to save the marriage. So when it comes to dealing with the spineless wonder, your options are few and far in between. It really depends on where that boss is coming from. Is it because they don't know? Is it because they're worried about being liked? Is it because they don't know how to deal with the situation? Or is it because they don't care? Whatever category they fall into really depends on how to deal with the situation. And that might require a mediator. The next one, number two, is the tyrant. 
Now, unlike the spineless wonder, believe it or not, I can deal with the, <laughs> believe it or not, I can actually deal with the tyrant a lot better than I can deal with the spineless wonder. The spineless wonder, it's like you're tearing your hair out. It's like, would you please make a decision? Stop trying to play both sides. But a tyrant, the reason why I can deal with them, because at least I know where I stand with them. And it's not hard to deal with them, believe it or not. First of all, we know what the tyrant is. They revel in their position with two words, you're fired. They can change the course of someone's life and they know it. When something doesn't go their way, they bully and intimidate. And they know the employees will fall in line for fear of losing their jobs. Now, why do I say that I can deal with this a lot better than the spineless wonder? Because this is one of those things I realize I have to play politics as much as I hate playing politics, but I know I can stave off a tyrant, at least for a little while. First of all, I pick my battles. I just have to leave well enough alone. And that may mean me losing face or losing a couple of battles. And in some situations, it resulted in them taking some of the credit for what I did. And you say, well, why is that a good thing? I said, okay, I never said it was a good thing. All I said is I'm picking my battles. I hated that. I hated giving this person credit for something I worked hard to come up with. But because I knew I was on my way out, I just played along. I said, you know what? I don't really care at this point. So that's why I said at the beginning, what's important to you? Do you have something on the side? Do you have another job lined up? Or do you have a skill set that pretty much puts you in this unique position where it's not impossible to fire you, but it would be very difficult to find a replacement? So that's pretty much how you deal with the tyrant. Basically, if I can sum it up, it's just take the high road, let them be right. I know it's not sexy. I don't particularly care for it myself, but in the long run, it's better for my peace of mind. And then you have number three, the micromanager. Yeah, we know these types. They are constantly looking over your shoulder and being a backseat driver. They can't see the forest for the trees and their way may be less effective and less efficient, but it doesn't matter as long as they get their way. Now, you might be saying, but, but doesn't that sound like a tyrant? Well, a tyrant can actually be a micromanager. They both fear the loss of control. However, here's the difference that I like to make. The tyrant instills fear and rules with an iron will, whereas micromanagers fear failure as if somehow their way will get the job done better. So let me sum it up by saying this. Tyrants enjoy instilling that fear in people. Micromanagers, not so much. They just, they really do want to get the job done, but they, but for whatever reason, they think somehow their way is the best way. They see the world through these blinders and they just can't see any other option. So how do you deal with these people? Well, you have to speak their language. You have to see where they're coming from, even if you don't agree. And that means looking for patterns. Once you see the pattern, you can anticipate them and make adjustments. Does that sound like playing politics? Oh yeah, it does. I had to deal with a person like this. And first of all, I acknowledged their position. I said, okay, now this way you're suggesting to me, I see where you're coming from, but is it possible that this could work too? And then if you do that, back up your claim with data, if you can take the initiative. And what if they say, no, no, the, my way is the best way. Okay, fine. Leave it at that. 
Again, pick your battles. What I've done, I had to take the initiative and I would send them an update or a report. So I got to them before they could get to me. It's basically what I'm seeing. You have to be proactive with people like this. Does that mean they'll stop micromanaging? No, but again, it kind of keeps them off your back because they know that you're going to update them. They will keep them in the know. Number four, this is the dunce, or we can call this person incompetent. Okay. Call it nepotism, call it favoritism or whatever ism. You cannot comprehend how this person got that job. It's so obvious to you, your coworkers, and maybe even to the boss and herself that this person is just not cut out for the job. You have a more impressive skill set than the newbie boss. Now, these people aren't toxic in and of themselves. And if they are open to feedback and criticism, they can actually grow and change. But however, here's the problem. When that inexperience becomes a toxic behavior, when they become the spinous wonder, because maybe they're insecure that they're in this new position. So they overcompensate by becoming the tyrant. They overcompensate by becoming the micromanager or any number of negative traits. So how do you deal with them? Unfortunately, this is yet another make them look good. They are probably self-conscious and are looking for some quick wins. Let them have the win. Take a step back, share some information with this person that they need to grow into their role and you'll probably become the good guy. It makes you seem like the good guy. That's basically what this is all about. Number five, the artificial intelligence, the AI. Now, if you had never seen these people in person, you think you were dealing with a robot because to them, it's all about data and numbers. Your value is determined by data. What have you contributed? Have you written any grants? Have you published any papers if you're in academia? If you're in the corporate world or probably increasing profit margins or whatever it is. And if you don't fit into this neat little equation, you're gone. The difficulty with this type of boss is that you're just a number. Because you're a number, there's a propensity to not treat you with dignity, which is degrading and demoralizing. There was a situation where a number of employees were about to get fired. And so rather than calling it downsizing, they called it right sizing. These people were just numbers to this boss. It's like, okay, what did you contribute? What have you, what reports have you written? So if that's the case, and if you're in a situation where you're afraid of your job, again, speak the person's language, give the person data and numbers, pie charts and bar graphs are like Valentine's candy to these people, deliver them the numbers, deliver them the data. And do it in person because you want that AI to put a name and face to those numbers because despite their cold exterior, they are still human. Even so, do not try to appeal to their emotions. It will backfire. If you're dealing with a person who's like that, I can tell you, this is a logical thinking person. They think in terms of logic. They think in terms of numbers. Therefore, keep the emotions out of it as much as possible. And they'll probably click with you because if they're the type of people that are into numbers and data, they respect other people who are into numbers and data. Okay. And then this last one I want to talk about is the scatterbrain. These folks cannot stay on task. They are disorganized. You don't know what they want from you because they don't know themselves. Now they very well could be considered the dunce except for the fact that they're actually qualified for the job. So they have great ideas. They're just not focused. <laughs> Ask me how I know. The toxicity is in the chaos that they may unknowingly cause. 
Now this leads to stress. If you're on the receiving end of that and this, you never know what this person wants, but yet they want it. It's like, I got to have this, although I don't know what it is I have to have. (laughs) So this leads to stress, discouragement, and a demoralizing situation. So the way to deal with these people is again, you have to take initiative. It's almost like you're the boss. So make up a checklist, present it to them and say, here's what we're going to do. Bam, bam, bam. So these are just some six things I want to talk about. The spineless wonder, the tyrant, the micromanager, the dunce, the artificial intelligent, and the scatterbrain. I just wanted to give you a list and give you some options. Like I said, when it comes to a boss, options may be limited. And also it depends on what your situation is. If this is a job you have to have, if you didn't have this job, you would be in trouble, then your options really are limited at that point. It's a sad reality, but it's the truth. So for the next episode, I'm going to go into another toxic person profile, and that is the drama king or the drama queen. So until then, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the toxic people detox. Dot com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.